0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ontario Society of Occupational Therapists Leadership in Motion podcast, where we take a deep dive into emerging and established leaders in occupational therapy to learn how they develop their leadership skills and to share some interesting experiences throughout their career. My name is Vittori Danese, the Communications Project Lead at OSOT, and joining me as my co-host is Marni Lofsky, OSOT's Manager of Professional Practice. Our guest today is Lauren O'Kell. Lauren is the owner and director of O'Kell Rehabilitation Services an occupational therapy and case management company treating individuals who have sustained significant injuries. Lauren graduated from the University of Western Ontario with an honors specialization degree in psychology. She continued her education at Queen's University where she completed her master's of science in occupational therapy. Lauren has been practicing in the field of traumatic brain injury for over eight years. She is trained in the Progressive Goal Attainment Program intervention and received a certificate from OISE in Cognitive Behavior Therapy. Lauren presented at the 2018 Toronto ABI Network Conference and the 2019 13th World Conference on Brain Injury Association on Females in the Injured Brain. We had an interesting conversation with Lauren about her experience starting her own practice, her mentorship style, and stay tuned to hear Lauren's tips for anyone wanting to become a mentor. Thanks for talking with us today, Lauren.
1: Thank you so much for having me. How did you first learn about occupational therapy? So in university, I always knew I wanted a profession in healthcare. I didn't know what that was, but I knew it had to be healthcare-based, so I was always exploring the different healthcare professions. I looked at speech therapy, I looked at physiotherapy, I looked at occupational therapy. Then I was given an opportunity to shadow an occupational therapist in a pediatric clinic. I shadowed them for a few days. It was a friend of mine. I really loved it. So that's when I decided I was going to do occupational therapy. It was about I was in my third year of university and I started taking the courses and did the applications and it was the best decision ever.
0: Now you started your practice in January 2017. Uh, what motivated you to start your own practice and kind of
1: go out on your own? I knew that I loved to teach. And to mentor and when I went on my own I didn't know obviously there was a lot of risk with that I didn't know what it was gonna look like when I went on my own it was just me and I was doing all the clinical treatment and getting the the business and it was a lot of work and slowly I was able to build it up and hire OTs teach them how to do the clinical work Uh, But what really motivated me to go on my own was to be able to run my practice in my own way and my own beliefs and I really believe in a very client-centered care practice and I really wanted to reflect that in, in my practice and I did and I have been over the years. Can you tell
2: us a little bit more about the type of practice that you have?
1: Yeah, of course. So, I work in the motor vehicle insurance industry. Majority of my clients have been in motor vehicle accidents. So, we're working with individuals who have had brain injuries, severe orthopedic injuries, chronic pain, mental health conditions, and we're working with them in the community. It's all community-based and helping them recover from these injuries and accomplish their their goals, whatever those goals might be. So for some clients, it might be return to work. For other clients, it may be able to learn how to dress themselves again after an accident. Others, it might be getting back to their leisure activities. So whatever those goals are, we, we help them obtain it. So it's very hands-on We could be working with the clients for several years. We can be very creative in our work. It's really a great practice.
0: I'd like to learn a little bit more about your development as a leader. Um, If I asked one of the occupational therapists at your practice what type of leader you are, how would they describe you?
1: So I think I'm a very hands-on mentor and leader. I really try to get to know every single client, even though they may not be my direct client, they're a client of one of my OTs. And I think understanding the client inside and out helps me become a better mentor and leader to be able to train these OTs on how to treat. I think I'm very positive and confident In my leadership role and I think that's reflected when the OTs talk to me. I encourage questions. I always say there's no dumb question. Ask me anything because I think that's the best way you can learn is by asking questions and I still learn every day. I still ask questions to my OTs even and I take courses and conferences and I continue to advance my skills and teach that to my OTs.
0: You mentioned that mentorship is a very big staple in kind of like your leadership development and your strategy as a whole, being a person that owns their own practice. Have you experimented with different mentorship strategies? Um, And if so, what has worked and what hasn't worked?
1: So I guess I learned how to become a mentor over the years by the people who mentored me. And I learned what I liked and what I didn't like from those people. Um, And most of it is very positive experience. And I think it's the positivity that I brought into my mentorship. I always start with positive comments and confidence and try to teach the OTs to be confident in what they're practicing. I think the most rewarding mentoring experience I have is when you see the person you're mentoring continue to grow and grow and accomplish a lot, it's really rewarding to know that your mentorship has made a difference with the clients as well. I had a newer grad that I was mentoring and over time she was becoming more and more independent using the approaches that were taught and I could see her confidence as an OT grow and grow and making the differences in the client's life and now she has actually started mentoring some of my other OTs who are newer grads, teaching them what she has learned over the years. She still has questions for me and continues to learn, but so do I. I continue to learn every single day, but she is able to be more confident and share what she has learned with others. And I think that's been a huge accomplishment.
2: Do you think that the mentee, so the person who is being mentored, their personality or their attitude contributes to the success or failure of a mentorship relationship?
1: I definitely think so. I always tell my OTs, some of them, I feel the younger ones who are newer grads will often lack confidence. And I think, I do think confidence comes from experience, but I always have to tell them to be patient. So patience is really the key to success. And if they're patient, if they listen, if they're motivated, then I think they'll really grasp the information that we're trying to teach and become a good practicing OT. Do you
0: have any specific ways uh, that you encourage your occupational therapists in your practice to develop their leadership skills?
1: I am very big on education and I encourage all my OTs to continue to learn. So, I make it a practice to be able to have staff meetings every two months where I will educate them on different topics. I'll also provide them funds to be able to go to conferences and take courses because I think it is so important to continue to learn and build those skills to help encourage them. I also suggest they use some funds that the government provides, the Allied Health Professional Development Fund. That is definitely my biggest role as a leader is to encourage education and developing their skills as an OT.
2: There's a concept of lifelong learning, and as health professionals, we need to commit to that type of lifestyle, I guess it is, where you continue to seek out information. And often what we hear are people's excuses as to why they can't or won't or don't have time. Is there a suggestion that you can make for people who say that they don't have time because their client caseload's too heavy, or they don't have funding through their their employer, or other sources or means. Is there something that you can suggest?
1: I, I think that's very individually based, depending on the OT and what they really want and how motivated they are to succeed. So the more motivated they are, the more they'll make the time to do this. And I encourage this with my OTs. I do provide them funding. To use for conferences or courses and if they need help scheduling the time to make it happen uh, I'll help them do that but I think it really depends on the OT and and what they want and if they're really motivated to learn
2: and sometimes setting it as a priority to set that ahead of something else and you mentioned uh, doing it through staff meeting something incorporated into another expectation or requirement of their job just to get that. Or um, perhaps there are other options of, as you mentioned, mentorship or working collaboratively with a client that doesn't cost anything, doesn't really cost more time than you would be usually committing to those tasks and all that is professional development and lifelong learning.
1: Yes. I have staff meetings every two months and it's an opportunity for all the OTs to come together to socialize, to mingle, and then to also learn. So I think I've had very good feedback on these staff meetings. Everyone loves coming to them because they're fun. So as long as you make the learning environment fun, then it, it seems to help encourage these OTs to continue to learn and grow. How great would that be to have a mandatory requirement of your job being fun and on the end of it. I think that would be great and it should be. And I, and I think that's a part of why my practice has succeeded so well. I have 14 OTs now and I haven't had anyone leave me and everyone's been amazing. And I think that's because I make the environment very comfortable, very open, and I try to make it as fun as possible. We go up for dinner, we have lunches together, we celebrate the holidays together, and we just make it a very open environment, open communication. My OTs can text message me, call me whenever they need. The OTs are all good friends and get together on a social basis as well.
2: I think after this podcast airs, you're going to get an influx of resumes. Yeah,
1: maybe. (laughs) The fun OT company to come work
0: for. (laughs) Something you mentioned is that one thing that you've noticed about new grads that may be wanting to be a part of your practice is a lack of confidence. When you started out fresh out of school, did you have any doubts about your leadership abilities early on in your career? And if so, what would you tell your younger self knowing that 10 years down the road you have a successful practice?
1: Oh, I think, of course, when I graduated from school, I I lacked confidence. I was scared. It's a scary world coming from a very protected university environment to the real world and looking for a job. I think that though I was always extremely motivated and I've always been a hard worker and that helped me find what I really want and helped me grow. I think if I looked back at things, I wish I could have told myself to be patient and that things will get easier. I think that at the beginning when you're a new grad, everything seems so overwhelming and it definitely was for me. So I take that from what I learned as a new grad because I do hire new grads and I think the new grads are so motivated and so wanting to learn. And that's why I love newer grads. I let them know to be patient and that over time, it does get easier.
0: So you mentioned that you kind of seek out new grads and are willing to mentor them. Do you see a new approach to leadership from the new occupational therapist in your practice? If so, has this changed your own leadership approach?
1: I think the newer grads are very motivated and so willing to learn that they listen to everything and grasp all the concepts. They're critical thinkers, they're eager to research and are open-minded. I think the biggest thing that has changed in terms of leadership is probably technology-wise. I think that the newer grads are very technology-based and I've started Utilizing technology in my practice as well. I use a cloud software now that allows me to keep track of all the OT's notes. It allows us to communicate remotely and I think this technology approach will continue to change over the years as technology continues to grow and evolve. I think that this is something that should definitely be explored further as an OT and will continue to grow as part of my practice as well.
2: osa has its own mentorship program and we have about 10 to 15 percent of our members who are willing to be mentors to other OTs, which I think is a phenomenal number uh, of OTs willing to do this. What would you recommend as a tips for these people who either have already come forward to say that they would be interested in mentoring or to those who maybe are unsure if they
1: should come forward. I think the tips for people who want to mentor is really to be confident in their mentorship, to be positive, to encourage the OTs to ask questions. If someone's unsure if they want to be a mentor, the, the best advice I can give is is to try it. Ultimately, as OTs, we all became OTs to help our clients. And Ultimately as a mentor you're teaching these newer OTs how to best treat their clients So at the end of the day, it's all about the client and client-centered care And I think that we have to always keep this in mind as an OT So if anyone's hesitant about becoming a mentor, I would say try it be confident be patient Jumping back to, let's
0: say January of 2017, when you decided to start your own practice and you actually did it, what's been the most difficult thing you've had to overcome when starting your own practice? And do you have any tips for others maybe looking into or wanting to start their own practice?
1: So I went to school to become an occupational therapist, but I didn't go to school to become a businesswoman. And obviously starting your own practice, there's the OT and the The clinical role, and that's that's why I got into OT, but there's also that whole business side of running your own business, and I think that was the biggest shock for me, was how to deal with the business side of the practice. Uh, Luckily, I've had very good business mentors to teach me how to run that side, and I've continued to grow and evolve and it's it's all worked out but I I have to say there were a lot of stressful moments and scary moments and the best advice is that you'll get through it you will so you can't give up you have to be confident I went on my own when my youngest was six months old I had so much going on and it was really the the best decision I've made and I'm so happy now I have this growing practice of 14 OTs. I continue to grow. And ultimately, I'm teaching all these OTs what i learned over the years and how to implement that with all their clients.
2: Do you see yourself as a leader? And if so, when did you start seeing yourself
1: as that? I don't think I actually saw myself as a leader until I got the call from Victoria that I was nominated for this. And I was quite shocked and honored because i i didn't i didn't see it that way but then after i reflected a little bit and thinking that i have this practice of these ot's and i'm teaching them i i guess i am a leader so to be honest i didn't really see it until most recently but i'm I'm so happy that you called me and kind of gave me even more confidence to be able to have this leadership role within my practice and with other OTs.
0: That's interesting your response to that question because from afar, from kind of me kind of looking into you and just seeing kind of a little bit more about yourself, you're a leader like hands down, like you have 14 OTs under your wing, you're mentoring, it's all that kind of stuff. It's kind of what the podcast is meant for. showing that in your day-to-day life everybody's a leader in their own right whether you see it or not. Yeah thank you. Something we've been talking about with our other guest speakers is advocating and differentiating occupational therapists from other healthcare roles. When you're with the client do you have like an elevator pitch or kind of something that you say to differentiate yourself saying yes I am an occupational therapist and not something that you may have a preconceived notion that it you may
1: have already so that's a hard question because so many people don't really understand what OT is and I find it complicated because I think that our role as an OT changes all the time depending on the client so when we try to explain our role as an OT especially in the industry I work in the motor vehicle insurance industry we tend to be also kind of case managers and overseeing the client's therapy. So, when we introduce ourselves as OTs, I explain that I'm the main person of contact. If they have any questions at all, I'm here to answer them. And the OT's role is really to help them accomplish whatever their functional goals might be, whether that be returning to their personal care, returning to work, returning home from a hospital. We're here to help them get there by whatever means that takes. And we will advocate for them in the hospital. We'll advocate for them when they're home, and we'll be there along the way in that journey. With your practice, you have varying
0: levels of age and experience among your OTs. What skills do you think future leaders will need to possess that are different or evolved from what is needed now?
1: I think the most important leadership skill is really to be involved and understand and be patient. And I've known myself as well as my practice has grown that I can't I can't mentor everyone anymore and I want everyone to have the best possible mentorship there is. So I've recently had all my other OTs start to mentor each other. And I think a leader in the future needs to know that they can't be the leader of everything. And they have to delegate their job and teach others how to lead. So I think they need to be confident. I think they need to be patient and I think they have to encourage others to start to lead on their own. I think confidence is key.
0: How do you see your practice evolving in the future? It can be 10 years, 15 years, kind of. Where do you kind of see it going?
1: Well, if you asked me 10 years ago if I would be where I am now, I would have probably said, no, there's no way I'm gonna have a practice with 14 OTs. That's way too much, what am I doing? And now I'm here and when I went on my own, I thought, okay, I'm going to go on my own. I'm going to have my practice. I'm going to see my own clients, have my own rules, and maybe I'll hire one or two OTs and teach them. And then it continued to grow and grow and grow. And now I'm at 14 OTs. So where I'll be in 10 years from now, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I've never actually thought about it. I think it's important as you grow to continue to learn and I'm learning along the way. So I hope that I continue to grow and I continue to be able to hire more more OTs and continue to teach them my skills of what I've learned and see where it takes me. So I'm not exactly sure what the future holds. My final question is
0: something that we ask all of our guest speakers, Who's inspired you in your leadership journey from your occupational therapy experience or beyond? Do you have maybe a specific person that you kind of said, that's the person that really kind of kick-started my leadership journey, even though you've uh, said that maybe you really only consider yourself a leader in this brief time? Do you have anyone that kind of sticks out in your mind?
1: So a person who's inspired me on my leadership journey has definitely been my dad. He is the one that encouraged me and guided me to start my own practice. And although he's not an OT and he's not in healthcare, he's been a leader his whole life being an entrepreneur himself. And he's taught me how to grow and expand and be confident in my skills and I continue to ask him questions every day and he continues to encourage me to ask those questions and I think he has been a huge role model in my ability to be a successful OT and a successful leader and a successful mentor. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to Leadership in Motion. Lauren gave some valuable advice for occupational therapists wanting to become a mentor. If you want to learn more about OSOT's mentorship program, the link will be in the episode description. Don't forget to subscribe to Leadership in Motion and leave a review. Make sure to follow OSOT on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to stay in the know about all things OT in Ontario. Links will be included in the description. Is there something about Leadership in Motion you like or needs to be improved? Don't forget to complete our listeners' feedback survey in the episode description. If you have any emerging or established leaders in occupational therapy you want as a guest for a future episode, email us at osot at osot.on.ca. Until next time, thanks for listening.